there's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. It is the 2nd of January, 2023. I mean, you know, 2023, isn't that just crazy to say? I mean, I graduated high school in Caledonia, New York in 2000. That was 23 years ago. It's just, it's unbelievable sometimes to to think back at uh, how fast time actually flies. Uh, My co-host Jim Price will be joining me here in just a little bit. And today, I I don't know if you guys remember, we were talking about this last week, is we have an extra hour of the show today. So the show will actually be extended an extra hour today and Wednesday, and that'll be throughout the rest of the year. Very cool right there. And uh, Jim Price will be covering the uh, the second half of the show for me. I have an appointment today I have to get to, but uh, it's uh, I'm, you're going to be in good hands. Don't worry. Jim can uh, definitely handle what's going to come, and he's going to be joining me here in just a little while. Now, here here's the thing. I like to look back on 2022 and, and kind of reminisce a little bit. But here, here's the idea. If you think season 2022 of Earth was off the hook, just wait till you tune into season 2023. <laughs> this is going to be crazy. Um, I don't even know what we can expect this year. Um, I got a few ideas of kind of where 2020 was going or 2022 was going and kind of where this might end up. Um, but yeah, I think that there's going to be some interesting developments that are going to happen within the next six months. I think that this country is going to be completely different in the next six months. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And I know it's, it's difficult to talk about. I know these are the difficult truths that we have to realize. But when we start looking at everything, we start looking at how everything in 2022 unfolded and where it was headed then we have to understand that 2023 is very, very critical for the survival of America. That it's right before an election year, right before a general presidential election. We have Donald Trump running again. We know that they're going to target him. We know that they're going to come after him. They're going to try to 14th Amendment him. They're going to try to do all these different things to him. We know that... We have this potential virus on its way back from China. China's trying to spread this new COVID all through the world. We have the global economy not doing so well. It's like the global economy got COVID too and then vaccinated and is hacking up a storm. But also in 2023, what we're going to start to see is implementation of new measures to control, track, and monitor people. This was interesting. I saw this on the Gateway Pundit, and and I wanted to talk about this a little bit. So the new infrastructure bill that was passed a few months ago allows for the installing of kill switches in all new vehicles 
Yeah, I mean, think about this for a second. You know, I, I understand the, the argument, right? Like, well, you know, if you got a criminal who steals a car, you can just turn the car off, right? But not only that, is these kill switches are smart switches. They can shut you down at any point in any time. They can monitor and track where you are at, where you're going. They can listen into your conversations. You know, many people don't know, but the TVs, the, the Roombas that you have, the vacuum cleaners, the Alexas, all these things listen to you and videotape you. Inside your own home, you are being watched right now. There's certain brands of TVs that come out of China that have cameras installed within them that watch you, take pictures of you, and monitor you, and collect data on you. Your phone listens to you, monitors you, tracks you. And what in God's green earth would they ever need to do that for? It seems to me to be a complete violation of your Fourth Amendment rights. Rightfully so it is, but... You sign away when you agree to the terms of service. You sign away when you purchase those things. You're, you're paying to be tracked. And in a marketing perspective, your data is really important. That's one of the reasons why they do it. But in a governmental perspective, when that, that information can be bought and accessed by the federal government, that's a completely different story. And that's exactly what we're seeing here is now instead of the government going out there and buying that data, they're just making bills where they can they can track you. I don't like this and I don't expect you to like this. And, you know, that is only one of many various technologies that are coming about this year that you should be worried about. A McDonald's in Texas has become completely automated. Nobody inside. From the order takers to the food delivery to the preparation to the cashier, all this stuff. Fully automated. Good friend of mine went to a restaurant a few months ago. And he walked in. I think it was like an Applebee's or a Chili. I think it was Chili's. That's what it was. Walks into a Chili's and... They were seated by a robot, and the robot also took their order. The world is headed towards automation. And that's something that you have to look at in the sense of the future. Because we are moving into this high level of technology. And what we're going to see is we're going to see a lot of this manual labor jobs being replaced by automation, by artificial intelligence, by robots. And that's going to displace a massive amount of the workforce, an incredible amount of the workforce. And as that workforce gets displaced, the question is, is what happens to everybody else? What happens to those people who were in those jobs. Do they have to go back to school, learn new skills and trades and crafts? Or do they just retire? Or do they lose that income and become homeless? 
I think we got I think we got Jim Price on now. Yep, I'm here. What's up, Jim? How are we doing today? Good to see you guys. Sorry about the little delay there, but I am here. Well, you know what, man? We- We're talking about automation taking over the world in 2023 and people's jobs getting displaced. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think it's actually, I, I think that there's going to be some displacement. I mean, it's going to be a reshuffling of the deck, but I don't see it as actually as the demise of the human interaction. We're not going to become, I mean, we, a lot of us have become lethargic and, and uh, displaced out of the society because of our bad habits. But those of us who want to participate, will, there will be a place for us. Uh, and I think it will be very effective. But yes, there's some mundane and little things that we won't be doing like we used to do. And that's okay, too. We used to ride horses. Now we drive cars. We used to, you know, get in covered wagons. Now we fly planes. So there's there's goods and bads of everything. The wagon industry obviously has gone under, and something else has taken its place. So we have to understand that through just the evolution of things, there are changes, and we have to be able to adapt to that. And we're good at that as humans. I agree. I agree. And that's what I'm saying is 2023 is going to mark the start of that. We're going to see more and more of that transition towards that technological utopia as the elites call it right well i mean with this ai stuff that's uh, you know coming in ai is a useful tool for those that know how to use it it doesn't replace the human being you still have to use it you still have to engage with it you still have to plug into it so it's not as if it just comes into you and starts thinking for you you know it doesn't take that out of there so and then we've got, by the way, guys, computers constantly have to be reset, updated, manipulated. There's people out there throwing viruses and things into it. It's something that has that much fallacy to it. Are we really going to say that that's what's taking over the world? I mean, I think as humans, we've been able to adapt and overcome. Well, if you want to go through the history of the, the globe, you say, well, ice ages, you know, the dark ages. I mean, there's all these different things that we've overcome. We have always adapted to it. But now that we're far more aware and more, far more, quote-unquote, intelligent, intelligence isn't always IQ, but we know what's going on. We're seeing more going around us. I think we're more adapted for that change. Yeah. No, I think we are. I think we are more adapted for that change. But if we look at the socioeconomic aspect of it, of mm-hmm. what moving towards automation is going to do specifically. Now, I, I'm right. okay with with adding new technologies into the workforce and making life and the job easier, right? Um, right. But with the disruptions that are going to come in the socioeconomic standpoint is that people are going to lose jobs. People are going to get laid off. People are going to struggle for a long time. And this could be one of the catalyst points yeah. in 2020. And I think that's okay. about global collapse. I, I, I say, you, you say collapse. It's not as if... It goes to ashes. I mean, there's going to be hurt and there's going to be pain, but and at the same time, we're going to find ourselves in a good place because we have better knowledge than any other generation on Earth has ever had going into, quote-unquote, a transition. We're talking about it. We're not talking about it. It it's has been. Oh, crap, did you marry? Oh, that reset, man, the, the collapse of everything. No, we're talking about, hey, the collapse is coming. Completely different set of rules, so now we're more aware... And we can make adjustments early on. Again, that's kind of like uh, you know knowing the other the other team's uh, play sheet, right? You can adapt and overcome. And you see things coming. You can become a better player. Yeah, possibly, possibly. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with more Dark Light Show right after this. Aren't you blowing the line when you're 
Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of My Pillow has been an amazing patriot, supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to mypillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, the Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. <laughs> well, back with the Dark Delight show, and I, I, you know, and I'm not saying that this stuff is going to be implemented in 2023. I'm saying that this is going to mark the start of it, Jim. The start of yeah. the replacement of automation, the replacement of the workforce. You know, this is one of the big pushes by the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, Yaval Noah Harari, is mm-hmm. to to usher in this fourth industrial revolution. And so we know that it's coming. We know how they're going to do it. And it's going to be a slow trickle. But I think we will see displacement of the workforce this year simply from automation. Where's, what's the difference between the Fourth Reich and the Fourth um, uh, Industrial Revolution? I mean, or the Fifth Reich. Can you define that? I mean, I know that we use those terms. We throw them around like the Fourth Reich, Fifth Reich, uh, the the new Industrial Revolution. What it, I mean, we've, we've talked about we're in the we're in a world war now. It's an informational world war. I mean, can you define those to me? What's the definition of the Fourth Reich, Fifth Reich, and then what's the Industrial Revolution? Is there anything different between the two? Well, yeah, yeah. There, there's so fifth, the Fourth Reich is uh, the the rise of the Nazis after the end of World War II. So the infiltration within all the various governments around the world, um, basically going into business and. Um, business and well, that tells and me that the industry. Germans didn't w- lose the war then if they were well, able to infiltrate no, all yeah they absolutely did not lose the war there you go bingo 
We need to get that straight in some people's you know memory banks. We need to rewrite that history, mental history for people. But anyway, so that's that. So what is the difference between Klaus Schwab's and that part? Well, Klaus Schwab's Fourth Industrial Revolution is talking about the transition of of the world um, economy, of the world manufacturing, the world social economic. It's so basically social economic. You have industry manufacturing. You have banking and financial. I've read the book, mm-hmm. and the, the book is actually it, it's not as radical as people claim it to be. I'll be honest, okay? Right. Um, and it makes a lot of sense when you, when you read the book of what he's talking about. And he's talking about how it advances in technology give us these large strides within our society that do better for our society. And he's not wrong on this. But then he starts talking about you know, track, tracking people, integrating it into transhumanistic agenda, chipping ourselves, all this stuff, basically going out of nature, going into large cities and, and condensing the population. And this is where it gets a little weird and a little dystopian. And, and I, I don't agree with that kind of stuff. I think that uh, we need to preserve freedom. And he, he talks a lot about the kind of like the en- end of innocence if you want to look at it like that it's the end of freedom as we know it because because of the technological world that we live in is that you know data is so paramount that there's no way to be free that everything is tracked and monitored and as long as you're a good subservient citizen there's nothing to worry about um and you know obviously everybody knows klaus schwab that you will own nothing and you will love it and uh, the thing is is that he is not included in that his cronies are not included in that i don't see them giving up their mansions giving up their yachts and giving up their private jets and their their cars or their wealth to uh, conform to the societal norm so the fourth industrial revolution is basically how technology progresses humanity to a new um, way of looking at civilization. And one of the things that he does talk about is the displacement of the workforce through technology. And what are we going to do with all these people? And what are we going to do with all these people? Is he talks about going out there and re-educating them, right? Getting them back into schools and colleges and these re-education camps to give them new skill sets like, um, you know, artificial intelligence maintenance systems and um, mm-hmm. computer programming, these types of things, which he's not wrong on that perspective. But I think that it's going to be a very, very hard pill to swallow for the majority of the people in this country, as well as globally, to begin accepting that paradigm now. If you do, if you do, if, I was just thinking about what you were saying there. So in reality, he's just being a really great salesman. He's putting words out that have meanings, and he's hoping that the, all this lands. So if he exaggerates what he can see already is in front of us, then he really can't be wrong because he doesn't. You know, he didn't say on November twelfth at twelve fifteen p.m. Central Time. You know, this is going to happen. He didn't claim certain dates, but he's like, in the future, you will know not, own nothing. I, I, and I, I think a lot of times he's just a really great salesman. He's a great pitch man. Not that he isn't pushing for these things. Not that he isn't that aren't trying to squeeze us down to these things. But there are some things that he's using generalized terms, and and you can see that the quantum, you know, the you know whatever you want to call it, the QFS, the blockchain, you know, digital currency. Guys, Bitcoin's been around for twenty years. You know, you act like we just invented this thing yesterday. This has been going on. And so the idea was it. It's not twenty years. It's it's more than a no, decade, it was though, isn't 2009, it? Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. 
Okay, yeah. So yeah, all right. So within, I'm using Klaus Schwab terms. You know, twenty years. Um, you know, big big numbers. But this is, you know, one of those things that, like, guys, it's not, it's not that he invented Bitcoin yesterday. It's like you will be on this by November. You know, nothing to that effect, right? So he's just, you know, do you think he's reading the tea leaves? But he's just looking around and being very observant. And plus, a lot of people, which seem to be fairly plugged in, are you know shoving information his way. But then, the, who are the hierarchy above him that's allowing him to be the spokesman? Just just go out there and run his mouth this way and say, well, we're we're divine entities and we now have the ability to create and destruct and, you know, I mean, whatever. If you want to let him do that to you, then go ahead. I guess you comply, then that's on you. Well, basically what happened is the World Economic Forum became the mouthpiece for the Bilderberg Group. The Bilderberg Group was kind of a, a annual meeting since 1954 to where all the various secret societies and organizations and think tanks and even politicians and heads of state and these types of things could come together and meet and talk about global policy and what's going to happen throughout the world over the next year or the two years. Um, and then obviously you have these supplemental meetings of these various organizations in the backdrop that are not public, that are incredibly private, to where they actually – develop the policy where they actually develop what's going to unravel in the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, to think that groups of men and women for the last hundred years have coerced the world to where it is today through a hidden hand is kind of mm-hmm. scary. It's kind of yeah. scary, but it's also kind of refreshing. And I'm going to tell you why it's refreshing. Because in a hundred years, they haven't been able to take over the whole world. In a hundred years, they haven't been able to completely crash or crush the United States Constitution. Right. That that they haven't been able to succeed at what they set out to do a hundred years ago. I mean, nineteen thirty three, they tried the um, the bankers' plot, right? The the business uh, business plot. Mm-hmm. With Smetley Butler and the taking over of FDR, they wanted to do it then. They tried it in World War II with Nazi Germany. They wanted to do it then, mm-hmm. right? And then the seventies, and then yep, and in th- the nineties. That's right. And so they've tried <laughs> multiple times and failed. So the, these people are are fairly good at planning, but horrible at execution. And right. if we look at what's happening right now with the Fauci Ouchi, the shoddy jab jab jab. Um, you know, I, I think that they were just at a point of desperation and said, look, let's just reduce the population and be easier to deal with a lot less people. And let's just move from that point. And I think that that's where they're at right now. And they're uh, they're they're failing miserably because they lost the information domain. Well, let me let me give you something there. When you said the depopulation thing, guys, we think of depopulation as like, oh, the uh, the standing number we have now all of a sudden goes down to 500 million. They've been depopulating us through abortions, through genocide, through chemicals, through chemicals in your body, your injections, through your food, all this other stuff. Imagine what our population would really be if we weren't losing the amount of people we do to heart disease because we're ingesting vegetable oils into our body, which then creates higher LDLs and cholesterol in our system, where Crisco was actually – if you look at the history of what Crisco really was, shortening – it actually it's, is it's an it was lubri- lubricant. Yeah. It's like we should not be ingesting this ever. And I remember as a kid I would eat shed spread like it was, you know, ice cream. I'm like, I think back, I'm like, how am I alive? I mean, they were literally putting something into my body that was slowing my ability to function down. 
And so they've been depopulating us all along. We just got to get smarter about this and walk away from their industrial chemicals that they know are just saturating our bodies with, you know, microplastics and other things like that. I mean, I sound like a crazy person. Six years ago, you know, you couldn't have told me this. I'm working for the DOD private contractor doing my thing, you know, and I was better better living through chemistry. And now I'm running around telling people to take iodine every day and (laughs) grow your own food and (laughs) – Look what they did to me. They turned me into that guy. So no and, and but that but they turned me into that guy because they showed their hand to me. And I see saw the fallacy of what they're doing. So we gotta be smarter. Agreed. We'll be back with more Dr. Light Show right after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight show. <clears throat> so, Jim, switch yeah. gears here. Mike Pompeo, <laughs> the former uh, Secretary of Defense, came out and said that China is trying to infect the world with a new COVID variant. The U.S. must ban incoming China travelers. What's your thought of this? Well, I mean... I, I've talked to other people, and I think I've talked to you about this, about you know China's ability to continue to write checks around the globe. I've talked about the fact that they I, – I don't think their population is what it is because they've got too many ghost cities. In fact, CN, CNBC and CNN and ABC and CBS, all those guys are NBC. They've all written articles and, and done TV uh, spots on the ghost cities of China. Um I do think they're nefarious. I think they're a bunch of liars. I don't can't trust them as a government. When the political party called, you know, goes in and says, "Now I'm going to be the emperor, or dictator, or whatever he is," there's some real problems. There. I think the people of China are probably amazing people, and I think they they really do believe in their country and those kind of things. But as a whole, I don't care if you call it a virus. I don't care if you call it sanctions. I don't care. I really do think we should be limiting our contact with them. But we get 90% of all our antibiotics from them. We get our insulin from them. We're doing all this stuff. Uh, They're an absolute threat to us because we depend on them too much. Mm. And anytime you have an imbalance of relationship in that way, it's going to create an aggressive partner and a regressive partner. So we really should be balancing that. I don't want to call it the China flu or whatever. I want to say... In fact, I just don't trust them in general. And anything that they're doing, the CCP or any of that comes to me with, like, uh-uh, I'm pushing you back. I'm not going to involve you. Why aren't we looking at India? Why aren't we looking at the Philippines? Why aren't we looking at New Zealand? Why aren't we looking at these other countries that could be aiding us in production and also infrastructure things that we need instead of going back to the same old poisoned well and then going, well, China's too strong. Well, quit feeding them. Quit giving them jobs. Quit giving them things to do. Quit buying things from them. You know, vote with your money. As a government, that's what I'm telling them. But also as a people, vote with your money. Try to find that toaster that's not made in China. Try to you know buy your kids toys that are not made in China. Do be diligent to go out and find things that you know. So yeah, China, s- screw them. Sorry, I you know I, I just I really am tired of having the China conversation. I don't think they're that cool. I don't think they're that great. They do a crappy knockoff of everything. So why do we keep looking at them as some? Don't give them the energy. Don't give them the power. Walk away from them. I mean, that's, the, that's to me, is the simplest way to do this whole thing. And I, I don't know why we go back to that poison well. We keep going back to the same sewage line and think it's going to come out sweet honey. Well, <clears throat> I agree. Is that uh, stop feeding the hand that 
oppresses you. And China got big and wealthy and they got uh, big and plump by U.S. American tax dollars going over there and subsidies by U.S. corporations going over there and producing manufacturing. Um, they have come to rule and dominate the world because of a plan that was put in effect by the Rockefellers in the 1960s with the support of Mao um, going in the China, making strategic investments over a 30 year period. They've gotten killing China 65 to, million people, I yeah, mean, killing whatever. 65 million people. And um, that's kind of so where you create a middle today. class guys. His reasoning was to kill off the poor and indigenous people in those areas of China that, you know, were poor, not contributing to society. So he could create a middle class. This is real. I mean, this is what this guy really did. I mean, we've killed 200 million people between the world wars, Stalin and Mao, not including abortions. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, and that well, there's, a, a, there's a lot more to what you just said about the Mao thing, but go ahead. Well, there is. There is. I mean, we could get into a whole show with, uh, you know, the, the death and destruction that occurred in the 20th century in just the first 50 years from socialism and communism. Oh, but yeah. the Rockefellers came out and they, they implemented this strategy and they basically industrialized China um, because they realized at that point in time, after multiple failed attempts to take over the United States, that they couldn't take over the United States directly, that they would have to have some type of secondary country to operate and why not go into something that's completely unindustrialized and make it industrialized. And that's mm -hmm. what they did with China. And then they started basically manipulating U.S. policy to take law, uh, to take businesses overseas to China, produce manufacturing, all this stuff. And we, we end up with what we have today. We have this, uh, this poop storm. Right to where we see the Biden economy. Biden wiped out ten trillion dollars of Americans' wealth in twenty twenty two. Saw the worst bond and equity losses since eighteen seventy one. Now, what is interesting? That's about just in that market alone. Right. Well, this this is this is what I want people to see. Biden wiped out ten trillion dollars of Americans' wealth. So so who who won it? Huh. If Americans lost it, where did it go? It didn't evaporate. It transferred. There it is. Exactly. It transferred. Transferred to who? IMF. Well, Central that's the Bank. big question is, is, you know, we have these corporations that pulled in $100 trillion worth of wealth in the last three years because of COVID. It transferred to these corporations, these mega conglomerates. Yep. When you could shop at the big box stores, but uh, you couldn't go to church. I mean, right there's the math, guys. Yeah. Hey, do you remember like those old sci-fi shows where they would like show, um, you know, all the all the spacecraft out in space, but they would have corporations names on them and that all the spacecraft mm -hmm. were owned by the corporations and the corporations were now the government. Wally. I mean, that cartoon right there. Yeah. You know, yeah, that was that right there is a big. Oh, we got to get off this planet because we destroyed it. But the mega corporation, whatever put you on a spaceship and made you fat and sit around to do nothing and not to fight back. Hmm. Brondo. It's got electrolytes. <laughs> Today's new jumpsuit is red. You know, golly, guys, it's... Uh, I guess then that goes back to, I say constantly, is movies or documentaries. I mean, I think they've they've been very explicit on exactly what they, you know, what they want or see for us. So mm -hmm. uh, we can change that trajectory. Uh, but we have to live life with purpose. If we continue to do what they're doing, well, you talked about this on the show on Friday um, that there's 
like there's only 28% of the people that actually have a running dialogue on their head and the others are just basically bots. I mean, nobody, they don't have really clear thoughts or thoughts of their own in their head. And so they're just avatars. Yeah. Yeah. So this was actually done by a study, um, a, a few years ago. About uh, it, it kind of brings up the term NPC, which is non-participatory character that happens in the gaming industry, right? So if mm-hmm. you're playing a game against a computer, the computer is a non-participatory character, just an NPC. They're not uh, they're not real. They're not controlled by an actual human being or a mind. Right. And uh, this goes back to SimCity and all that that kind of stuff. Right. Right. But there was a study done in the sense of like internal dialogue in in people's minds, and mm-hmm. that if uh, like for me, for instance, I mean, I have a continuous dialogue, a flow of thoughts coming in and out. And, uh, my, my mind is continually going back and forth with those thoughts, analyzing them, questioning, just talking to myself internally. Um, and terrorizing only, yourself. Yeah, terrorizing yourself. <laughs> only 27% of people actually have that going on in their head. Most people, it's just silence. It's just I can it, imagine. it doesn't happen. And I said, <laughs> if, it got back, if it got quiet all of a sudden in my head, I'd be like... Yeah. I, I I think I would, that would make me go crazy. I think. Yeah, it'd be. Yeah, it would make me go crazy. But uh, <laughs> most people don't have that dialogue that occurs within their mind, which I think. But is can very, you create the dialogue? Can you break away from being in the matrix or whatever it is that you're in, zoned out? Can you quote unquote red pill or wake these people up and create a greater than twenty seven percent and get those people active? Can you break them away from that? How do you break that spell? Well, that that goes to the question of are we in the real world, Neo, or are we in the Matrix? Are we in a simulation? Where if this is a simulation, then those people are actually just NPCs or bots or um, what is it? Guys, right? From that uh, – mm-hmm. what is that movie? Uh, Free Man? Free Man, I think it's called. Oh, I can't think of it off. With Ryan Reynolds. He plays Guy. And uh, oh, he's yeah. living in a virtual world, and he finally – he's an AI who, who gets consciousness. Well, what was the one with the sunglasses? He put the sunglasses on. He could see everybody for what they are. They take sunglasses off, and it looks normal. Oh, that's They Live. Yeah. R- Rowdy Rowdy I- Piper. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, brother. That's what we're here for. Well, anyway, and that's, um, you know, that's a great example of the current world we're in right now. Is that you put on the glasses and you see all the alien beings that are walking around you. You see all the propaganda that they're utilizing to subliminally keep you into a a stupor, and you see things as they truly are. Um, this yeah. is what I think is meant in the biblical term apocalypse. Is right. it's the unveiling? It's where the the truth finally rises out of the darkness into the light to the surface of the land, and people begin to see truth for what it truly is. And and that's a, a scary thing because truth is not for everybody. It's a hard pill to swallow, but it's a revelation when you start putting it together and start realizing just how manipulated this world really is. Well, when you t- when you think about that, there's I mean. There's the revel. There's people out there saying that we're in the fourth or fifth year of the tribulation to say that you know this is what we're seeing the destruction of the earth. But I don't think that that's even close. I think there's what we see in the. If you want to go biblical, I think we it would be far worse than what it is now. But some people think to them their tolerance level this is horrible, and I'm like it's horrible. You got running water, you have electricity, you have roads, you have social services stuff. I mean that's not Jim. Stop being privileged. Stop being privileged. (laughs) 
show my white privilege. That's right. Okay, we'll be back with more Dark Delight Show after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight show. We're going to go to the lines. We're going to go to Mike. Mike, what's up, man? Hey, Josh. Jeff, how's it going today, guys? Good to see you, man. Hey, earlier in the show, you were talking about um, devices in the homes. There's Mm -hmm. things that you can do to eliminate those problems. you got to go analog. Get rid of your electric. Get rid of your electives. Mine is currently sitting on my dining room table right now unplugged. Take your take your uh, your TV, your smart TV, and your uh, internet um, uh, router. Put it on a uh, a power strip so you could shut that off. You don't want anybody to listen to your phone conversations. Okay, simple little thing called a Faraday cage. Okay, power down your phone, put it on airplane mode. You could go look those things up online, or you know what? If you're sitting in your kitchen, you could take a test. Open your microwave oven up, shove your shove your cell phone in there on, and then use another line to call your phone. If your phone mm. doesn't ring in your microwave, 
you know it's not getting signal. Wow. There you go. So, well, so <clears throat> go go analog. Get rid don't when you go to buy the new refrigerator, don't buy the stupid refrigerator that tells you what's inside and orders your food. <laughs> Look at all your appliances. Look at all your appliances, your coffee makers, even even down to your thermostat that now reports you to the local company, you know, that says they're going to save you money. Get rid of that right. stupid thing. Go back to the old mercury switch. Right. So, yeah. Well, well said, Mike. I Yep. Well said, man. I appreciate the call. You know, Jim, this is interesting. And Mike, this is also interesting. Is uh, Yesterday I was watching a TV show, something I don't do very often. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm watching a TV show. My daughter walks up and she goes, what, what are you watching? I go, oh, a TV show. She goes, that's not a TV show. I go, yeah, it is. She goes, no, that's not a TV. That's a computer. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> she's right. Oh, man, a fresh perspective, right? Right. She, she oh, was, I'm like, whoa, whoa, it's not a TV show. You know, I mean, in, in the old phosphorus CRT TVs, man. Yeah. Those Remember the static that would different. go when you oh, turn it on? Yeah, I oh. do. That you you knew that exact sound when I said that to <laughs> you. Touch it, it static you. You know that's good stuff, man. <laughs> well, I watch. I'm watching a lot of the old old classics, and I have literally watched where in the transition of the '60s, where you can see the MK Ultra really kick into Hollywood. Um, things before that, they talked about men being the head of the household and doing things of that nature. And being, you know, God, and we're going to church, we have church on Sunday, you know that. But then I saw, I, I could see the, the transition in these shows in the 60s where it started talking about, well, you know, a woman raises a child better than a man, you know, and all this. And you could just hear the rhetoric coming into the shows uh, during the 60s. And, and so many people didn't really, it, it came in slowly, mm-hmm. but it brought in the, the idea of single mothers, no fathers, father's abandonment, all these other, you know, father leaving for a pack of cigarettes and never coming back. Uh, the woeful stories of that thing, but we're destroying the men in those TV shows and in those movies and pushing them out of the scene. And then why would he want to be around if you're being disrespected in your own home? You have to ask that question. What what was Hollywood really doing? Well, Hollywood is nothing more than a uh, a, a public molding of society, right? It's, yeah. it's what they use to basically manipulate you and set the, the social narrative, if you want to look at it like that. Yeah. Well, you start looking at commercials today and, and tell me how you know uh, our demographics of society of, of America is actually represented. Uh, how is that represented in sports? I mean, how many you know how many <laughs> Asians and and Hispanics do you have in the NFL? How many Asians and Hispanics do you have in NBA, have baseball, I mean, soccer, all these different things. And we're all running around trying to say there's this equality and this, these different things. But the problem is, is we, we're not rep- – nobody's represented accurately in this Hollywood, quote-unquote, uh, you know, woke society that they're trying to put on us. And it's crazy how easily we're programmed to think that what they're saying is accurate, but yet our own feelings and our own ideas don't line up. But then too many people run to the Kardashians for their – you know, their relationship advice. It's like, what are you doing? Like, this is ridiculous. I, I, I agree with you. And, and this has been ingrained within our society is that people are deprived of these, these critical neural transmitters 
through their diet, through everyday activity, through cultural and social engineering. And what happens is, is that you live vicariously through your social media feeds. You live through Hollywood. This is where you get that action, that adventure, that entertainment, that horror. This is where you get that update on someone's life that is going great. And you get those subtle little dopamine increases throughout your day <clears throat> because Kim Kardashian, you know, um, you know, bought a new pair of shoes and you're like, oh, I wish I could buy those shoes and all oh, darn you kin, but I'm so happy for you. Mm-hmm. And this is how it works. And, and they've manipulated society into this, uh, this stupor yeah. into, well, the, into consuming the, the, the poisoned water, the poisoned soil, the poison air and the poison yeah. food, the food that is going to, you know, here's the thing is go look at the majority of people in Hollywood. How many of them are, are, or morbidly obese? Yeah. None. Yeah. Well, they're playing into our laziness, our sin nature of being apathetic or you know slothful or lazy. And I'm not saying that we all have we all have a lazy side. No matter how motivated you are, I don't care if you get up at 4 a.m. and go to bed at 11 p.m. Um, there's still little things that we do. We call it quote unquote laziness. But they've they've given us enough. They keep feeding the bears, and the bears keep coming back to the trash can. And we're not eating quality food. We're not doing those things. But they they. They keep putting it in front of us, and we keep coming back. We're not providing for ourselves, so then we don't have free think. And so here we are. We've got you know we've got the easy electricity, we got the easy water, we've got the you know easy food in the box on the aisle. Instead of having to think about oh I've got to start planting for next year's you know crops, I got to start putting things in root cellars and doing all these other things and preparing and using the summer solstice and the winter solstice and the equinox and of all these different things to dictate my life. Now they just tell me it's Christmas season, so go eat a bunch of ham and turkey now and and baby pickles and olives. We, mm-hmm. we've fallen into that commercial sales effect, right? So when you do unplug from the computer, not the TV, um, it, it changes, right? So when he's talking about Faraday cages and stuff like that, Mike was, that's where we need to be looking at, you know, go Amish, go, go back to the stone age. It's not going to hurt you. What putting in a garden, how's that going to make you a bad person? How's that going to make your life worse? You know, like, Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm busy tending to food that was going to feed me later. That's never a bad statement. That's never a bad statement. Going and getting a box of whatever off the grocery aisle, that's a bad statement. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well eat said, off the yeah. outside of the grocery store, never on the aisle. Well, you know, I, 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 one of my favorite Bible quotes is Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and what this tells me is that don't, don't – just acquiesce to the environment and to everything, all the stimulation that's going on in your environment. Don't become a product of your environment, but instead utilize that environment to grow within yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's where the truth really lies is that we've acquiesced to this kind of social norm of just, ah, you know, I'm going to eat mac and cheese tonight because you know, I saw that Velveeta commercial and it looked good and it tastes good. And, or, or I'm, gonna, I'm drinking Folgers. I'm drinking Maxwell House. I'm, I'm drinking whatever he this is. He never has a second cup at home. Anyway. He never has a second cup. We all know that. <laughs> but this, this is the idea is that marketing has taken over our lives and, and they've taken this marketing perspective that's ingrained with us for over 100 years of marketing – and used it to manipulate our politics, our yeah. culture, and everything we can ever imagine within our society. 
And so, well, and and commercials don't have to be honest, guys. There's no truth in advertising. Mm. So, if you think that they're telling you all the good stuff, fortified with vitamin C, it's like that vitamin C is not palatable to your body. It, it can't be absorbed. That's right. Well, hey guys, this is what's going to happen. Jim is going to take over the next hour. I got to get to an appointment, but I will see you guys tomorrow, Jim and I. And I hope you guys have a great day. But Jim, you have the show, so thank you, Josh. We'll see you in the next. We'll see you tomorrow, man. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Uh, This is Doctor Live. We'll be back here in just a few minutes. There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jim Price on the Dark to Light Show, second hour here. Thank you guys so much for staying with us as we go through our Monday, the first, second day of the new year. I don't know, I don't know that math is right. I don't. Uh, the second day of the new year. Happy New Year to so all of you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And, you know, there in uh, New York, you guys are uh, facing some real climate changes. Uh, you had uh, uh, actually, you know, you know, causing snow that caused death, right? We had we had this horrible snowstorm come in. Your your governor announced at the time the reason those deaths are occurring is because of climate change, and you need to hunker down and buy battery-powered cars because we've all had that remote-controlled car, and we know exactly how long those last, and they're so amazing. They never overheat, and anyway, on and on and on. But now you guys are worried about rain. I mean, you guys got to pick a lane. You guys going to start snowing? You going to start raining? What What? You guys going for spring or summer now? I don't know. I guess it's week by week. I don't know. Maybe it's just how life is, that each and every single day, we know that there's change. We know we have to overcome those things. But don't worry about that. I mean, it's it's climate change or, or warming or cooling or CO2 emissions. And just make up random stuff to just complain about, and then everybody will join in with you. As ridiculous as it sounds, let's just go for it. Uh, we have uh, Al Gore, who still runs around telling everybody to buy carbon credits. I don't know when the last time I was at the grocery store to spend my carbon credits or going to my bank to deposit more. But anyway, there's a cool kids club out there somehow selling carbon credits, and I don't care. Uh, If I put energy into it, suddenly it's going to become more real. If I don't pay attention to it, I think it goes away. That's that's the power of the people. This is why that me and Josh were just talking about last hour that they can't control us. They can't quite get it over the line. They're kind of, they just go right up to the 99-yard line, and then they fail short because of free will and the ability for the human to accommodate the environment around them. And that should make you proud. That just even just you just existing, you just screw up their plans. But imagine if you put effort forth. Imagine if you put yourself in the right place with the right people at the right time. How amazing you could make the, your environment that then when it's spread out – and cause the WEF, the World Economic Forum. I got to come up with a great foundation name. I really do. I need to. I really have not, you know, I've really not t- participated in this tyranny 
cycle of cool kids. Um, I, I just, I guess I forgot that I just don't want to control other people. I, I, I need to put that on my agenda. Things the gym prices list things I do to this week. Um, create new foundation to control people. I don't know. I think I got some other things I'm going to do first. I'm going to do a lot of other things like, you know, worrying about what I'm going to be doing with the garden this year or worrying about what I'm going to do with chickens or the turkey or the dogs or just myself and making sure that my heart's in the right place. How about that? Well, you know, uh, no, I'm going to worry about taking over the world. What are you going to do today? Oh, I'm going to take over the world. Well, no, I'm not doing nah, I'm not into that. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to let you guys live your life and use your free will and your independent mind to make great decisions. I got an article here I wanted to read to you guys. Uh, remember when? Uh, remember when we had the uh, the news cycles talking about how the uh, President Trump is spending too much time on the golf course. He's he's wasting the government's resources on spending time at the golf course. So he's just ruining the world, and he's causing nuclear proliferation. And North Korea is going to kill us. And remember, he said, "Well, I've got a red button, and mine works." Well, that's what, that's how you keep North Korea in, in check. And then you just go over there and step around on their, their soil and act as if it's no big deal. See how he didn't give it energy? He didn't give it energy? But remember, they were picking on him because he was playing golf too much. What? Uh, this article here explains that uh, our potato-in-chief, now I use the word potato because sometimes it could sound like a little bit of like a pet. Anyway, you guys figure out the rest. But potatoes also just kind of sit around. This guy sat around in the election cycle in his basement. Oh, you guys, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out there and I'm a, I'm gonna, yeah, America. Whatever he was saying, because it never made sense. It was very incomplete sentences and rambling. Because we all obviously understand that we can elect a a chicken salad sandwich, a lot like what happened in Pennsylvania against Dr. Oz. Um, well, the potato in chief. This says here, uh, Potato and Chief spent nearly 40% of 2022 in Delaware, Camp David, and vacation destinations. He spent 40% of his time on vacation? I, I, I just need somebody to call in and tell me how their job gives them 40% of their year off and still pays them exactly the same. But we're paying this guy? You, you guys, this this is okay with you, right? So when you, you're out there writing out that old check to the old Fed, um, the old Fed Reserve, remember Fed Reserve is a privately held corporation that is not part of the U.S. Treasury, do the math, um, as you're writing those checks to pay off your federal taxes that you think that you owe to them, uh, this guy is on vacation 40% of the time, and the other 60 that he should be on the job, he didn't know he was president. So 100% of the time, he hasn't been our president, honestly. Um, you guys keep putting power into that by saying, he's my president. He's my president. He was elected. That power, I don't give him that power. I call him the pedo, uh, pe I'm sorry, potato in chief. Uh, it's a family show, so we're going to try to keep it above board here. I call him the potato in chief because I think that he is just a object. I don't look at him as being anything that's in control. And I have to look behind him, look behind the curtain. Remember in the Wizard of Oz? Don't look behind that curtain. Don't look there. You know, all that good stuff. I'm looking for those people. I'm looking for what's really going on. Because if you can have someone who's this derelict and in his duties and his ability to function, um, there's someone else doing it. And so that tells me that we really don't need him at all. And Trump was the great disruptor. Trump was the great antagonist that created this entire panic you know, feeling that they had for Four years, the things that he did just by talking, 
just by doing things, going certain places, it really got under their skin because he wasn't doing as he was told. Now, Uncle Joe, he gladly will do that because he's like, I go on vacation again? I get to go vacation. Hey, uh, my my sister Jill, she's going to go. Oh, my wife Jill is going to go with me on vacation. Thank you. I mean, this guy's on. This is like a make a wish thing, right? Don't you? I mean, we're, we're talking about where a guy is just riding around in government vehicles and everybody is saying yes sir to him. He's like, man, this is the greatest day I've ever had. It's like Groundhog's Day. Everybody just thinks I'm great. I mean, this is the world we're living in. This is, are you guys, like, seriously, you guys are going to give this power. You're going to give this energy. One of me and Josh have talked, when I've talked to you guys, when I've done the show, filled in for Josh in the past, I've told you guys, listen, don't put power into that. Don't use words that give it energy. Find other ways to focus yourself. And if you, if you don't pay attention to it, it doesn't have energy. It doesn't draw you into it. You don't get involved. And I, I, I know that, I guess that in a way it sounds weird that I'm saying that because you're like, well, I don't know how do you not put energy into this guy. He's, he's ruining my life. He's lost $10 trillion, like, like uh, Josh has said. He's lost $10 trillion, ten trillion. I don't know what a trillion is, but $10 trillion in the bond market. That's not, I mean, in, in personal wealth in that area. But what about the real effects on the global effect? What about the people who really are suffering and trying to hold on to their home or hold on to their vehicle as we're watching inflation hit 8% month after month after month after month? The problem is, guys, is when we, you know, Kirk, Kirk Elliott talks about this, how they pick those items to create the inflationary percentages. It's all manipulated. And it's so bad that we're like, oh, you know, well, it's just 8% in, you know, in, in inflation. No. Why is gas three times more than what it was under Trump? That's not 8%. That's 300%. Do you see where I, I'm going with this? I'm trying to reel back some of the rhetoric so that you can look at things in a different view, give you those glasses that allows you to see the world differently. When you think about how we have literally, literally played into their game through the the uh, the fear-demic, I call it. It's, I, I got, it's more fear. Took away hope. Took away all that stuff. Guys, this inflation thing, month after month after month, is truly affecting people, the poor and the elderly the most. The poor and the elderly the most are the being truly affected by this. Oh, we're having record amount of income into the federal government. Well, it's not because we're having a booming economy. It's because things cost more. Things cost more, so there is more money going to the Fed Reserve. Not because we're actually making money. We're not making an economy. They're just it just costs more and it sucks the life out of us. One one of the real one thing I want to point out to you here this uh, in this whole thing. During the depression, do you know, did you know the first three years of the depression that unemployment was only around six to seven percent? Does anybody actually know that? See, this is the great lies that we have lived in in our entire life. You want to talk about going from dark to light, like the name of this show. Name of this show is Dark to Light, because I want to take you out of this stupor you're in, this, this imaginary land you're in, and go back and say, listen, even the Depression is the way they told you this, like as if overnight there was 50% unemployment. The first three years, there was only about 6 to 7% unemployment. 
Well, no, Jim, that's not true because they didn't have good reporting numbers and blah, 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 blah. And no, folks, you're going to have to go back and really look at it and understand it because until we had the New Deal, when the New Deal came on, that's when we went to 12 and 15 and 18 and even 20% unemployment. The moment the government put their finger in the pot, the moment the government bothered to look at trying to help, the only depression was happening was the stock market, was the, the financiers. They were having problems. But the average individual, they were in the country. They were in small towns. They had milk, and they had eggs, and they had meat, and they didn't have to rely on that government. But the New Deal, we're going to talk about that here more when we come back. Guys, I'm Jim Price, the Dr. Live. We'll be back here in just a few minutes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Comes that rainy day feeling again. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, 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 uh. And this is a good song. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm Jim Price and the Dark Delight. I do appreciate you guys all tuning back in. Thank you so much for being here. Remember, guys, that water stuff coming up in the droplet forms, that's called rain, and that is climate change. Or wait. No, wait. Rain's not climate change. Snow was. No, wait. Uh, cold is. I... 
well, you got you understand that they're just lying to you. Um, the New Deal. Let's go back to that. We were talking about this before the break. And I know it seems like I kind of jumped around topic to topic, but the problem is, is they're so intertwined. They are so intertwined to the idea that when you're seeing the government inject itself more into your life, they spent five and a half trillion dollars just on COVID relief or the Mexican beer flu. I call it, you know the coronavirus. I've called it the Mexican beer flu since day one. And I said, as soon as we can start laughing at this, it will go away. And it did take some time for us because we took away hope. We took away a lot of things. And then the government started spending trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. And the the uh, fake-demic, the fear-demic, the plan-demic was a good catalyst for them to be able to go in there and tell you, oh, we got to spend some more money because we got to save everybody. Nana's going to die. And then we found out they were just killing us anyway, whether they spent the money or not. So somewhere around about $5.5 trillion was spent on the, uh, the Mexican beer flu. Now, if we go into the New Deal, the New Deal, so this is tying back into where the government starts putting their fingers into things, right? The, they start touching things. And um, listen, there's a statement I use that says everything the government touches, it screws. It just screws it up the whole way. They don't, they're not gentle. They're not, they're not nice. They just mess it up completely. And they don't have, uh, if they don't get involved, we are successful. For the first three years of, quote, unquote, the Depression, we didn't have a high unemployment. We didn't have a destruction of the economy until the New Deal, domestic program of the administration of Franklin D. Roosevelt between 1933 and 1939, which took action to bring about an immediate economic relief, as well as reforms in industry and in, in industry agriculture, finance, water power, labor, and housing, vastly increasing the scope of the federal government's activities. This is in Britannica's website right now. I'm reading it off their thing. What did they say? From 1933 to 1939, it vastly increased the scope of the federal government's activities. Oh, wait, you mean the government got involved in our daily lives and it didn't work out real well? And this was in the 30s, and we're now in 2022, and we're hearing about how the government is involved heavily, but the guy who's running it is on vacation 40% of the time, and then they just spent another $2 trillion. Where Guys, and this is the question I've asked uh, Josh and I've asked other people. When the potato-in-chief left to go to... Kirks and take Caicos or Sandals or wherever St. Croix, wherever he went to in, in the Virgin Islands on a this is a foreign country, guys. Our, our president went to a foreign country for vacation. Um, he didn't sign the omnibus bill, the omnibus bus. I don't know what omnibus, whatever we call omni, just a big old spending bill, right? Um, so in the deep of night, 4,000 pages later, it's passed. Right, so 1.7 trillion dollars. Uh, they then finished the paperwork and then flew it down on a 747. That's how important this paper was. They couldn't fax it. He couldn't e-sign it. You know, couldn't do anything like that. They had to send it down to a foreign country where your potato in chief signed a two trillion dollar spending and law change bill into reality on foreign soil. I don't know about you, but I don't want any bill or any spending or any type of government in my world. Um, I don't want those bills being signed on foreign land because that sounds a little bit goofy to me. Sounds a little bit, I don't like that. Unless 
you actually understand that Washington, D.C. is actually the corporate headquarters of the United States of America, and that actually happened in 1871 under General Grant. So then you go down that rabbit hole, right? See how these things just keep touching each other? It's really, really, it's like, how do you separate one drop of water from the ocean? How do you know which drop of water was yours? How do you know? So the problem is, is this is the history of the world that we live in that we really, truly don't understand all of it. I have been doing, I got ate up, and I know you guys don't know me very well, and i just give you a little bit of story. I got ate up when I, back in 2016, I started learning about how bad the establishment really is. It's not the Republicans and Democrats, guys. That's two wings of the same bird. Please understand, use the word establishment. Don't say it's the rhinos. Don't say it's the Democrats. Don't say it's Soros. Don't do that. Remember, remember, it is the establishment, those people who believe in their hearts and their souls that they understand how the world should work better than you and you shall obey. And they're going to get in your way to make sure they're doing that. I learned about the establishment in 2016, and I have been trying to yell to people, listen, the bridge is out. Don't go this way. It's not worth it. Don't fall off the edge of the earth. This is not where we want to go. And I'm trying to teach you guys a little bit about some of the things that I have ran into. I understood the Corporation of America back in high school. I'm 51 years old. We're talking about in the 80s here. I asked my history teacher. I asked the librarian. These are the people I thought were the ones that would have the answer because they know this stuff. And they gave me a flippant answer, a flippant answer, just kind of brushed me off. Oh, it's just paperwork. But when you actually get down into the, the, the brass tacks of things, 1871, the Corporation of America, Washington, D.C., the 10 square miles that exists in Washington, D.C. is not part of what we consider the 50, the, the, the United States, right? The, 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 con, the continuous United States, right? And so then you say, well, how, okay, have we ever signed a bill in recent history that wasn't on foreign soil? Or is it yes or is it no? Wait, uh, uh, uh. do you see where all this, you have to start kind of touching everything and talk about everything all at once just to get down to the bottom of the this, this subject of money? But our, our, our own government right here, it said 1933 to 1939 that it vastly increasing the scope of the federal government's activities. That's in. What have they done in the last 100 years then? What did they do after World War II? What did they do during Vietnam and Korea? What did they do during the 90s, during Clinton era? What happened with Obama and the bailouts? Guys, they keep trying to move the needle. And you don't boil a frog you know, all of a sudden. You just keep turning that up. One degree, one degree, one degree, one degree. And if they work slow enough, they'll get you to comply and you'll never, ever push back. But now, guys, I'm giving you this rush of information, rush of, of challenges into your mind and saying, okay, wait, my history is what? Wait, you're telling me that, uh, what? I could just look this up online? Yeah. The sad part of it is, is that it is really out there. And some of it you have to look real hard for. I do apologize that I made that sound simple. A lot of the stuff really is there. But then when you really start digging down in there, you're going to have to go in and, and ask the right questions to your search engine to find out where these real answers are at and then start talking to people about it. But the one thing they don't want you to do is talking to each other. That's why they call you a racist. That's why they call you a xenophobe. That's why they call you a conspiracist. A conspiracist, you know, oh, you, you're conspiring. No, it's not, I'm not conspiring. I'm just watching you do this. That's not, a cons that's not me imagining something. I'm watching you do this. That's not a conspiracy. That's an observation. 
Oh, well, now, Jim, these aren't real. The FBI is not working with social media outlets, including Pinterest, to monitor your daily lives and manipulate the information you can and cannot see. That's not, oh, wait, that is real. Yeah, yeah, I've been, uh, yeah. Shadow banning, real. You know, blacklisting, real. Slowing Slowing your information spread, real. Not allowing you to post articles, real. I have an Instagram video I put up of me just saying, hey, I think we were all part of the greatest experiment ever seen on Earth. And they're saying that it's a it's misinformation on Instagram. I put a video up on, on social media. And uh, they, got a, they got a little tag on there for me. It says it's misinformation. All I said was is that the CDC is telling you now and uh, your, uh, that there's uh, this microcarditis, there's heart issues with this uh, government chemical they gave you. And I said, we were part of the greatest experiment. There was the control group that didn't take it. And there's those that took it only once. And there's those that took it twice. And there's those that took it 12 teen times. And they have been monitoring that globally to see how, one, psychologically you are affected and what you're willing to do and who those were. And then also those that actually took it or didn't take it and what the side effects were. We did this as a global experiment. We just all rushed in and said, I want to be part of the experiment where you, you, I'm the control group, and then they're not, and then I'm over here, and you're over there. Guys, I am being flagged as misinformation when I just make an observation that we were part of the greatest science experiment ever known to man that went global. I mean, we all went down and became test subjects. You didn't sign up for it. You didn't get paid for it. You didn't get paid for travel. You didn't really see a doctor to see how your symptoms are. But those of us that didn't take it, and those of us that did take it, those are in the control. Those are two different control groups. Some took one. Some took them all. Some are still getting them. Some are doing the high dose quadrivalent flu shot. I'm not a conspiracist. I'm an observationist, and that's how they manipulate you, right? Well, guys, this is uh, the first hour of me being on my own here without Josh on uh, the Dark Delight Show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. we got one more half hour coming up with a commercial break now, so I'll see you guys in just a few minutes. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. I'm Jim Price, the Dark Delight, WYSL. Thank you guys so much for being here. We've been talking about how we're going through this whole thing with the different touches, right? We got the potato in chief doing his thing. Everybody's griping about Trump was out playing golf and all this other stuff. And 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 then I, you know, we talk about how the government just doesn't do what they should, right? Really, if we look at our Declaration of Independence and we look at the way our Constitution is written, it says that it's supposed to ensure our freedom and our liberty, right? Our, our pursuit of our happiness. It doesn't say that it needs to get down and tell me how I can pump water or store water on my property. It doesn't tell me whether I can have a dog or not a dog or cat leashes or laws or collars or rabies shots. So again, this is an effect where we wanted something. We wanted something. So the government said, okay, we'll fix it. And then they just rush past the problem, put in a fix, and it doesn't fix anything. It creates more damage than good. And if we go back and we start every argument at the Constitution, we'll realize how far we're off the mark. Well, Jim, we got, we got to make sure the people don't get guns. Guys, guns aren't the issue. Gun laws aren't the issue. A broken home life 
how children are raised is the issue. So don't blame it on the gun. Don't do that. And I don't, and I guess, guys, listen, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say this. I say it on my show consistently over and over again. There is nowhere I can read in the Second Amendment that says anything about a background check, red flag laws, ability to this or ability to that. And if I, if I allow, if they allow me to take something away from them, then they can take something away from me. And that's how we've gotten to where we are, where we believe that the second article of your Bill of Rights says that um, we should do background checks. What does a background check really do? Well, it's what the government knows about you, and they're very accurate. Are you sure? You're saying the government is accurate about your background check? The government is accurate about keeping track of all the things you do and, and whether you're allowed or you qualify or you should have a gun? Well, the problem is now we're, you know, you want Claired and D, you want Sudafed, you have to put yourself on a federal register to buy something that they created so that bombers could do long-range bombing missile uh, missions during World War II? What? No, wait, the government creates a chemical that allows the pilots to stay awake, and the Germans used it as well. Uh, but now I have to go on a federal register to buy that so I can clear up my nasal patches and my gestation tubes in my ears. Oh, wait, what? See this, the slippery slope we go on where government gets in your life and it's too much? I don't think we should do background checks. I don't think we should be out there telling people what they can and cannot do with their lives. And I'm sorry if you think that we should because that is a, you're playing into the government's hand. If you think that you can tell another group of people what they can and cannot do, then you're the government. Tell, fight me. Call into the radio Call into the station and tell me how that is so inaccurate, Jim. No, we should be allowed to tell the people what to do. We should be able to dictate what they can and can't. Wait, but then they can do that to you as well. See, that's where they start getting involved and where they're putting fluoride in your water. No way, no, Jim, I don't do that anymore. Oh, I'm sorry, they're putting pipe cleaner in your water. That's better. That makes more sense. Then why were we using fluoride as nerve gas in the war? Oh, because it's poisonous to humans. You know, iodine actually does everything that they say fluoride does. Fluoride is a byproduct of the industrial complex that they have to get rid of unless they have a purchaser. By the way, your federal law says this. Let me give you a little clip into your federal law again here. Did you know that the federal law states that if you have a purchaser of a byproduct of your industry, it is not considered to be toxic waste? Now, guys, I'm not making this up. This is your government. So fluoride is a toxic waste that they literally, it's like nuclear waste. It's, they, can, they don't know how to get rid of it. But if they can sell it to your municipal water departments as fluoride or pipe cleaner or whatever you want to call it, whatever makes you sleep at night, then it's not, it's not, a, it's not a toxic waste. It's just a, it's a commodity now. It's just something you purchase. What? Wait, wait, wait. So because someone purchases junk, it now makes it a commodity, not toxic waste. That's your federal law in action. And please tell me why a federal government can do that, and you're going to be mad about that. Oh, wait, uh, but you, you want federal background checks? Are you sure that – wait, that's what you want to do, right? So now we need to federally register. We need serial numbers. We need this. We need – guys, pay attention what you're willing to take away from other people. They have the ability to take it away from you. And so that's where freedoms and liberties come involved, right? We have evidence throughout our history, which I've talked to you guys about some different things in today's world and in the past, 100 years ago, that we're still paying for today. We're still fully involved today. We've normalized social welfare programs. Why? 
Why do we need social welfare programs from the government? I thought churches and charities did that. Why do we need the government telling us how we can collect rainwater on our own property? I thought it was my property. But wait, the government can take away my property if I don't pay property tax? Well, who does that affect? Well, the poor and the elderly the most. Pay attention to what the return on your investment for this large government you have. Pay attention to that. What's the ROI? If anybody has been in business at all, anybody has done small business, big business, whatever, return on investment. That's a huge word that's used over and over again. So when you have cop cars that cost $100,000 to equip, then you put a police officer, a policy enforcement individual, a police officer in that car, there's another $100,000 to $200,000 of training and income and retirement and benefits on the top of that. So there's $300,000 for a person to sit there with a little LIDAR gun and collect $150 to $300 from you for speeding tickets. And please tell me how the return on that investment has made things safe. Oh, Jim, now speed kills. Well, who told you that? Well, you kids just they're driving erratic and you're just going too fast and it causes death. Please, show me that statistic. Or are these talking points from your government making sure that they're keeping control on you, they're keeping an eye on you, they keep watching you, but they're going to spend $300,000 in one vehicle alone to go out and collect $100, $200, $300 taxation tickets from policy officers. Guys, we've got to be careful. Again, well, you know, it makes me safe. I want to be safe, Jim. That's why I'm safe. I'm Mr. Safe. No, I thought that's what the government chemical in your arm was supposed to do to you. But by the way, it only adds a 1% uh, uh, add to your survival rate. It doesn't make a 99% rate. doesn't do it at 90%, 80%. It only gives you 1% more because you put that government chemical in your arm. But that same government is is keeping you safe by putting three hundred dollars worth of three hundred thousand dollars worth of a cop car on the road to get money. You gotta you gotta walk me through this, guys. This is crazy. You're telling me that this investment's okay, but you wouldn't take the shot. Which one is it? Do you want? Which safety do you need? Well, you no. Know, if you didn't have that, the, the world would just be chaos. Are you sure? Because I know towns that don't have policemen. I know areas of this country that don't have law enforcement. They have a sheriff in the county, and they don't even know who the guy is. And they live successfully in their daily life without any interference with the government. But you guys want those cop cars on the freeway? You got those cop cars in the neighborhoods? You want them giving out tickets? Well, what's the first thing they do? They want to run your background check. Then they want to want to see if you got insurance. That was the greatest coup of all. The insurance company got the government to enforce having insurance. You guys won because now you're safe because I don't know if anybody has insurance and then they get, they reckon to me and then I can't. <laughs> so we'll get the government to force you to buy insurance. Do you, do you think that you're getting the best deal on insurance if everybody is required to have insurance? Oh, see, see how that government touch just creeps in and creeps. Well, it's safety, Jim. That's what the government's there for safety. No, the government has two rules or two, two rules it's supposed to follow, two things it's supposed to do. National security and immigration. And that's it. If you get into the brass tacks of what your constitution says the federal government should be doing, that's the only two functions it has. Not Department of Education, not Department of Interior, not the EPA, not the FBI, NSA, CIA. I mean, guys, we've, we, we've got a, con a country that has a millstone around its neck. And it's being drugged down to the bottom of the depths of the ocean. 
And it's being done by you and I because we keep saying we need more government. We need more safety. We need to be this. What if you just took away all those things? How free would you be and how much better off would your life be if you didn't have a government allowing the things to go on in your daily life that you have now? I mean, how many, we have EPA in our vehicles. Did you know that your car would cost 30% less than it does today if the EPA didn't exist? So think about it. You want to go out and buy a $50,000 car? Suddenly, it's 30% cheaper if you don't put the EPA in it, and you'll be more fuel efficient. You actually will last longer. It will actually do everything it's supposed to do that you think it's supposed to do. But the EPA limits the sound, limits the uh, the noise out of the exhaust, uh, the noise out of the motor. It limits the chemical that's coming out of the exhaust. By the way, the chemical that comes out of the exhaust isn't didn't disappear because of the catalytic converter didn't disappear because the EPA changed the carburetor. It changed it to a chemical they're not testing for. So what is that going to be? What's going to be that, you know, that little, oh, oh, crap, we, uh, we have this influx of chemical coming out of, oh, out of the cars that you said were the problem, so you changed it to another chemical, so now that chemical is the problem? Guys, be careful. Be mindful. The more you put that government in your daily lives, the more they're going to affect it. Do you see it? You can't say, well, I don't really deal with the government. I never go to the I never go to a federal building. I never get involved with the county. Are you sure? Because everything that you're doing in your daily life is being touched by those things. And we gotta be mindful that there's a government out there willing to chew your legs off with your money. I'm Jim Price here on WYSL. We'll be back here in just a few minutes. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it 
by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. Hey, this is Jim Price on WYSL, the Dark Delight Show. Thank you guys so much for being here in our second hour. It's been awesome having you guys. Thank you so much for your participation. And uh, we have had such a great day already this first day back. Uh, enjoy being here. It's been awesome. Guys, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to actually make you just you know run and hide. I mean, that's not that's not the point here. What it is is the more I tell you, the more I give you these little crumbs, these little these little dimes of information, then it allows you to make decisions in the future more educated. I know, is that a good sentence? I don't know if I put that together right. But anyway, you become more more brainiac. You're you know you're smarter now, right? No, this is the idea is when I talk about this stuff, you may have heard it before, but maybe I'm saying it differently, or maybe you've never heard it before, and it's like, wow, okay, oh, oh, that that connects to. So you become more informed, and that's what makes you dangerous. The more you learn, the more you go down these rabbit holes, like maybe at the beginning you don't believe it. Maybe the Corporation of America is not something that you're really tuned into. You're not really spinning around your head all the time. You haven't looked at the documentation of the Universal Commercial Code, uh, UCC1, UCC3, and maybe those are things you're not familiar with, right? That's okay. But now that I've said it out loud and now that you've heard it, so when you hear someone else talking about you're not surprised, you're actually able to make an active decision. And that's what this is all about. If, if life is anything, guys, if life is anything, it's us. It's not about your it's not about the Lambo Lambo in the garage. It's not about the Mercedes that your wife drives again, buying foreign cars when you should be buying American. Um, it's not about that. It's not about how big the house. Hey, the nice big houses are nice. You know, small houses are nice. I mean, I've, I've, I've. You know, it's. I understand where you're at. I get it. Don't throw it all away. The reason that this experience is so necessary to come together is because it makes us stronger. The reason that this whole experience is necessary that we engage with each other is because it makes us smarter and makes us adapt to the situation better, and then we can push back together. And we don't have to be manipulated by a few people. Guys, There's if we talk about the elites, I think I, I did the math one time on how many quote-unquote true elites there really are. And it's less than 100,000. No, the, the radio didn't just cut off there. The elites, those that think that they rule this earth, the ones that are you see, the, one, the puppets that you bother to see in the public eye, but then those even behind them, it's less than 100,000 people. Now, if I remember right, somewhere around the 360 million range is America, right? Somewhere around the seven to 800 million is Russia. Somewhere in the 650 to 700 million is China. Those are my numbers. Just trust me on the China numbers, the ghost cities and all that. But guys, if we start using those numbers, if there's only about 100,000 elite, but yet in America there's like 360 million of us, why are we, why are we 
bending over at the waist and, and worshiping these people? Why are we giving them the power? It's, it's, it's so amazing how powerful we are. If you use the biblical terms, when two or more of you come together, I am there. Well, how profound is that? What did they not want you to do when it came to the, the fake-demic, the plandemic, the, this whole thing that they did? Well, they told you to stay away from each other. Don't stand within six feet of each other. Guys, there's a physics lesson in that. Did you know that, the six feet apart thing? That's actually physics. That's actually true physics. They have been able to measure the electrical field around the human being. It's, it's a real thing. No, no, that's witchcraft, Jim. You're talking, you're talking stuff that's outside the Bible, and I'm not listening to your words. No, this is actual true science. They've actually showed how the, the body has the electrical charge around it, and it emanates or pushes out from us about three feet in front, back, side to side. Well, let's see, wait, six feet, see, three feet and three feet make six feet. So if I, everybody stays away from me and I stay away from them by six feet, we can't come together and start saying, hey, this is BS. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't want to be at this point. I don't, why they stay, why were the strip clubs and the bars and liquor stores still open? Why was Home Depot and Lowe's and Menards, why were they still open? Why was Wally World still open? Because those are the ones they wanted to concentrate the power to. They didn't want you going to church. They didn't want you going exercising. They didn't want you to go to the park. Why? Because you'll come together and start talking, and then none of this makes sense. If you stay home and you wring your hands and stay in your hall closet and your warm blanket of fear, you won't push back against them. But what have we been doing the last few years? We're pushing back and we're pushing back and we're pushing back. That makes us successful. We're winning. We do have a lot of victories here, guys. But I got to keep you keep your head on the swivel, looking around you. What's going on around you? This is our world. If there's only a hundred thousand of these dumb elites out there, what are we afraid of? We have no business being afraid. And the great the great document of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution gives you all the power in the world to come together and be powerful with each other. Now I didn't say go out and you know, dig a hole and bury your head in the sand or run into the hills and never come back, which I honestly I don't think is a bad idea. But, you know, considering that these cities that were these big concentration of people is really kind of a, a bad place to be on Earth, right? Anywhere you see too many people coming together, you see disruption of the human element. I'm saying that when we come together and we bind together, we get to be amazing. And we get to do amazing things with each other. And it's has nothing to do with government. The government is the Declaration of Independence, the, the, the your Bill of Rights, your Constitution says that the government is limited 100%. And why aren't we clinging to that in the way you would cling to your Bible? Why aren't you clinging to that the way you would cling to your grandchild or your, or your great-grandchild or your son or your daughter or your wife or husband or your grandmother or your parents? Why aren't you cleaving and holding on to the Constitution in such a manner to love it and read it and understand it? Well, I don't have time for that. It's a document. It's way too long. It has a lot of words, and I just don't have it. Guys, it's, this, it's, it's what's going to save you. It's what's going to save you. You put power behind that Constitution because you have that knowledge. Imagine what this world could be. We're in a real turning point of a lot of things, and we can make it amazing. I, I just, I just, I want to cheer you guys on. I want you guys to believe this is this is yours. Don't hesitate to use the power of your heart and your mind and the Constitution to make the world a better place. 
If you want to get together and a few people want to get together and start talking about the Constitution, why don't you guys take turns like you do in Bible study or in an AA meeting? Why don't you all take turns reading one of the bill, uh, articles of the Bill of Rights? Why don't you guys take turns reading the Declaration of Independence? Why don't you go in to define the words out of the Declaration of Independence that you don't understand, or you don't know? It's amazing that you you read those words, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it says, freedom. No, go in and find out what inalienable rights means. Inalienable, meaning you cannot give away or be taken away from you the rights that God gave you. If you use those words in a group setting, you use those words in an AA style or a you know church style effect where you sit in a Sunday school circle and you say, hey, I'm going to read the first article, and then John and Bill, you guys read the second and third. It's amazing what you can do when you use those words out loud. Your voice has power. Words have power, and they have meaning. And so define those. Maybe use it as a study club that you guys sit down and, and read the definitions of what it really means. And then when you become that powerful, they can't push you around. They become the dummies. They become the uneducated. Not you. You become the powerful. Why? Because you read one Declaration of Independence. I didn't ask you to read War and Peace. I said read the Declaration of Independence. Read your Constitution. I didn't say go out and you know read the trilogy of the Lord of the Rings. I didn't say that. Just, I said just go read this simple document. The power that's in there and how biblically sound it is, is amazing. You'll be, you'll be in awe that you didn't bother to spend the time to really dig into your constitution and then become more powerful in your daily walk with your government, with your fellow man. If you can tell your fellow man you have these enable rights, you have all these things, now they become powerful. Now you bind together because of your common enemy. The common enemy is big government. I'm not an anti-government person, ever. I am a pro-freedom of the individual, a pro-liberty of the individual, and that's the difference for us. So guys, take this time, take this first day of the first week of this year, 2023, and make it yours. So thank you guys so much for being here on Dark to Light. I'm Jim Price, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you so much.